You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumare. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumare. Hey, Mary, you know, one of my favorite songs at Christmas is uh, by the Beach Boys. It's a Beach Boys Christmas song, and it's about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, but it's different than the song most of us know. It goes like, run, run, reindeer, run, run, reindeer. And I want to re-record that with run, run, holly, run, run, holly. You can't stop nothing. Was that like one of the greatest moments you've ever seen on television? Well, it was so funny because those hearings needed levity so bad, and they have needed that, and they've been so serious. It's such a serious thing. And Liz Cheney is serious. I hear I she's read, a serious woman. Oh my gosh! And I heard people. This was before last night, calling her mom, Mom Cheney, yeah. because she's yeah. like a very stern mom. So when that happened with Josh, the video of Josh Hawley and uh, Representative Loria set it up beautifully, it was like, all I could think of was like, run, Forrest, run! run. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's complimented there. I'm sorry, these are personal uh, kind of snarky things. But, you know, Josh has that look that young men of his generation have where they wear kind of these tight kind of spiked pants, you know, and the suits a little tight. And he's a, I'm not saying this about his sexuality, but the way he prances is a little light in his loafers. And so the way he ran was just way too funny. Oh, uh, it was, it was just beautifully done. And like I said, it was, we needed that moment because even the witnesses are laughing. Because the thing is about yesterday's hearing, it wasn't like a lot of new information or it was things we could have assumed were happening, meaning Trump was doing nothing. And we knew that. Right. Um, It was hard to give him the benefit of the doubt that I which I think many people have tried to do this last, you know, 18 months, however long it's been. But um, so he, you know, he definitely showed the, all the evidence, the witness statements, showed Trump to be just as venal as we always assumed he was. But parts of it were so disturbing, so f- chilling. And I know that's what the um, committee is after, you know, presenting those um, moments in a very theatrical way. Like one of the things I was really struggling with is when the the Secret Service guys are trying to get Pence out, and they are literally freaking out. You can hear it in their voices, like you know, it's it's like um, you know that ground control to Major Tom is like, "Tell my wife I love her very much. She knows." That's the song that went through my head when they were talking. Well, that is. I mean, that was. There are a number of very frightening moments. That was really one of them. And as uh, I think the woman is describing, uh, there are five people in front of us 
and we're separated a little bit from these. You're not going to get through here. There's smoke going uh, going off. Mm -hmm. uh, this was not playtime for anybody. They were really trying to figure out how to get Mike Pence out of there alive. They really were. Exactly. And so you can, it really puts you in the place where you could imagine that famous, you know, video we've seen of them walking him and mother and everybody on there, Mark Short. And then, you know, what if that group had found them and they were so enraged and out of control and they had killed him? I mean, can you imagine at least for me, I was. it allowed me to imagine the next moments, the shock that we're in, that allowing Trump to do what I think he was waiting to do, which is to uh, declare martial law. I think so, too. And, I, you know, I've wondered, we're told that, of course, there are no logs. He spent the afternoon calling senators, right, is what, what right. we heard. And so, Rudy. And, and Rudy, uh, Rudy a couple of times. And, but so we're going to presume that uh, he called Josh Hawley, for example, who might have said, sorry, Mr. President, I got to run. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, couldn't resist that. It, it might have been that. Uh, he could have called uh, Lindsey Graham Cracker. Uh, I mean, we know the kind of names, Ted Cruz. Was he imagining or was he telling them, not even imagining, listen, guys, it's all going on. It's working. What you guys have to do is hold up any vote. Don't allow that to happen. And if we can hold this thing up uh, and it all falls apart and the demonstrators take the wooden box with the ballots, I will come down there and I will walk in and go up uh to the lectern, to the dais, and say, the country is in a total mess. It's a civil war. But I, and I alone, can fix it. I'm hereby declaring martial law. We will put this all back together. That's crazy, but it's not any crazier than what really happened. Honestly, I mean, it does seem like that's what he was thinking about. And what's funny is, there are all these funny details, little details, like he wouldn't allow the photographer in yeah. the room or call logs. I don't think Trump thought that piece up. So you can almost imagine him getting advice from, you know, Eastman or Clark or even Rudy or one of the other, you know, members of the clown car. You say, you get back to the White House you make sure that there's no record of the next, however long it's going to take for our guys to capture the Capitol. Because that seems like a, a very well thought out. Um, I mean, obviously it was well thought out, but it doesn't seem like Trump kind of thinking because his more like bring the cameras in because we need to, you know, save this for posterity the moment that I took over the United States. That's the kind of stuff that that came out last night. The other thing, and I think you mentioned this earlier on a text, was the radio, and were they on walkie-talkies between the insurrectionists 
and them talking about, um, you know, we're going to go in and this is our plan and we're effing taking the place over. We got to get Nancy, whatever they were saying. And that also mil- was chilling because they, those dudes were serious. Yeah, they said, this is what we trained for. Yes. This is, it all leads here and we're going to follow military principle 125, which they say is what a cave is a grave. Yes. I, I mean, is I that a real that. thing? No. I don't know if it's a real thing or not, but it pretty, he sounded pretty sure about it. Yeah. And, and he even parses things out to say, well, Trump just put it out a tweet. The Capitol Police are not our enemy. Don't harm them. But in this perverse way of thinking, he said, you notice he only said don't hurt the political or the Capitol Police. He didn't say don't hurt the Congress people. And I think the woman, Jessica, chimes in and says, they better know we're serious. And you put that together with trying to get Pence out and testimony we heard a couple of weeks ago saying from somebody, I think in the Proud Boys or whatever, no, we intended to do harm to Congress people. We intended that. And we just heard it live. I, honestly, so that, you know, again, it was like, you know, they keep saying they're filling in the gaps. So we watched that thing live. I think we as- assumed that if Trump didn't know about it, at least he was celebrating it. And all those gaps filled in to say, yeah, Trump was, you know, not just celebrating it, but expecting it. And expecting it to succeed. And I, you know what this hearing last night did for me? I mean, obviously, I've thought the worst of him all along, but I did have a new understanding. I really, the context of understanding that he would not go in the Oval Office because people could get at him, that he sat in his, they call it the dining room. I like to call it Don's TV room. (laughs) His man cave, right? Uh, And But no pictures, none of this, no uh, phone, phone logs. You know, he gave real context to, yes, he expected to watch this, cheer it, and get ready to go. And early on, he's so ready to go, he won't take his winter coat off. I know. But it's kind of like, you remember, especially in a corporate setting, and sometimes you'd have something going on, okay, okay, and you're going to do this, and then you're going to say this. And then when things would go wrong a little bit, like a big corporate meeting or anything, you know, the guy at the top would always get super fluffy flustered by it like but i thought we were supposed to be doing this i thought yeah. this was the place hey, mary joe you told me this is what i was gonna say I know. exactly I know. so i Why? kind of thought about that he's like he's standing there he, he, he they keep this again great little piece of information the guy assigned to the detail that's with the dc police that big guy yeah and he's like yeah, and they made us sit around for 45 minutes because, you know, they were trying to figure out how to get Trump back to Capitol. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Can you imagine Trump just, like, walking around in his overcoat? Like, I'm going back there. I'm going well, I'm back going there. I'm going back. And I don't know why. 
you know, unfortunately, I think people know, you and I always think of our parents a little bit or about our mother. I, I did think mom would do that if she thought she was going to leave real soon. I'd say, oh, yeah. Take, take your coat off. No, we're going to leave in a minute. Yeah. As soon as you're too long to take ready. my coat off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> be, be ready. I've got my purse here and I got my coat and I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Oh, to it's go. the first time I've ever thought of mom as Trump, but okay. Yeah. I'm, so, I, I'm sorry about that, mom. I don't really mean that comparison that, uh, that, that much. No, that, that was dreadful. You know, the other point I, I think that really frightened me was the vision of all these people who are kind of the people who run the White House, all buzzing around, talking to each other, but they can't really even get in to talk to the president. They're like blocked out. And, you know, we knew uh, uh, from Cassidy's testimony before, somebody said, you know, should we talk to him? And they said, nah, not a good day. The president's not in a good mood. What? That's it. <laughs> You know, this was a funny, again, just kind of a one-off. Remember at the end, after he makes the statement, which he makes his own statement out in the Rose Garden, yes. and then they ask Kirschman, so what did you all do? And he goes, well, we all left. We were drained. We were tired. And exactly. And um, was it was it Kinzinger <laughs> or Loria that was like, they were tired? Yeah. And I thought that was, again, so well played by the committee. Like those people in the White House, their world was so small and they're so proud of themselves, right? Because they finally got Trump to tell people after three some hours to go home. Okay, they did their job and then they were tired. They were done for the day. And then you have McConnell and you have Schumer and, you know, uh, the most bipartisan group talking to the military and saying, how long is it going to take you to get these this cleared out. Yeah. And that, again, that wasn't chilling as much as it was reaffirming that um, there were some grown-ups. Well, it was. And you talked about the, or you mentioned the committee playing something well. At the point when we heard them say, we were all drained. Remember, they even right. have to say to what did you say? Drained. Yeah. We just were all so tired. They flashed over, the congresswoman moved us over to the video of exactly what was happening at that moment on the Capitol. And people are still getting beat up. It's still all going terrible. Any responsible leader, manager, we're not even talking president of the United States, the head of any company would never go to bed until this thing was all done. But they were, well, it, they, they and actually, their, their rationale was, well, it kind of, I'm not sure, but it looked like the police were starting to turn the tide. So we thought it was pro probably okay. So yeah. we decided to, decided to bag it. And I, I thought about that, that moment in particular. How much was that representative of the way that White House ran? Mm -hmm. That there's a crisis in the world. There's COVID, there's everything else, but it's quarter to five. Has anybody mixed the martinis yet? <laughs> well, you know, John, I know we have to go, but um, my I, I thought the same thing you did. It's like, 
they've done their job. They've saved the world from Trump. And then the day is over. The other thing that I, I think that the additional hearings, at least one of them is going to be about, and just left me hanging yesterday, was why was there no stronger military? Um, or, you know, why was the police presence? They had all the information. So yeah. I'd really like to know who gave the order basically to stand down or something like that. And that hangs out there. And I think it needs to be resolved for all of us. But Absolutely. we'll see. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, to close this up, I'm going to give uh, the Josh Holly closing. Sorry, Mary Jo. I got to run. I will never get tired of this. <laughs> Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.